Right now, though, we're going to bring another voice on and one that's uh, keenly impacted by what happened last night. Rachel Notley, who is the official opposition leader of the NDP and uh, the opposition for the election coming up in May of next year. So, I mean, it's right around the corner. So, um, Ms. Notley, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Oh, it's good to be here. Uh, your reaction, I think there's a lot of people uh, that are thinking and a lot of people I've seen posting on social media and sending me texts saying, I think Rachel Notley is probably the second happiest Albertan this morning. Is, is that a fair assessment of your reaction to last night? Well, not really, because, you know, as an Albertan, I'm very concerned about what the next seven months holds for Albertans. I'm afraid that we're going to see, unfortunately, a, a, a continuation of the chaos um, that we've been subjected to for some time now, um, and it's now going to be made worse by a series of kind of wacky ideas. Um, and at the same time, what won't be happening is we won't see a, a really uh, considered focus on addressing the cost of living issues that so many Alberta families are facing, nor will we see a thoughtful approach uh, and a focused approach on on restoring the quality of our health care across the province. I wanted to ask you about that because a lot of the candidates, I mean, Brian Jean among all of the candidates, other than um, Daniel Smith saying that the campaign they think missed the mark uh, and that's not what they wanted to talk about and that's not what they heard Albertans wanting to talk about. They say health care and as you say the cost of living, those sorts of things. Do you think it was a missed opportunity to bring some light to those issues that Albertans are facing? Well, I, I think uh, it was, and but but it wasn't just the leadership race that that was that missed opportunity. Quite frankly, the UCP has been missing that opportunity all along the way. Um, I mean, our healthcare uh, system is in crisis because of so many things that the UCP itself has done to put it into crisis. It's not just as a result of the pandemic; it's a result of a number of the decisions taken by the UCP well before the pandemic was uh, was here. And and so what we need is a, a really uh, uh, focused effort on 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 fixing the system and and of course now as you rightly say uh, certainly to the degree that any of these folks are talking about it um, they weren't talking about it from a perspective of fixing the system they're talking about creating more chaos in the system and so they missed that opportunity but it doesn't surprise me because this is really quite an, an example of the tail wagging the dog and and uh, you know Danielle Smith was put into this position by a very extreme group of less than one percent of Albertans and and unfortunately for the next few months the rest of us in Alberta are are going to have to uh, to suffer through it for all intents and purposes the campaign is underway for the election to be held this May um, mm-hmm. as you say it's a very small group of the population that actually voted in this I mean she's got the support of about one and a half percent of the electorate for the next election so she's got a lot of uh, ground to make up there but uh, it resonated it dominated how as we go through this campaign do you not end up back in that position I mean if you're saying that those aren't the issues that Albertans really want to be focused on then what happened and how do you make sure it doesn't happen again well, I think the the issue is is that uh, they were only able to they they, they uh, were campaigning to the folks who actually signed up to the UCP, and and the UCP has become increasingly out of touch with mainstream Albertans. But the next election will involve all Albertans, and it will be because of that that certainly our party will be talking about the solutions we have in mind for health care, the solutions we have in mind to, to help uh, with the affordability crisis, the solutions we have in mind to ensure that all of our kids can get a, a modern education and, 
and and see a, a strong future for themselves here in Alberta with uh, good jobs uh, for generations to come. And so we'll be speaking to mainstream Albertans. And and uh, the issue is, you know, if 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 uh, you know, I, I, and I'm not sure. I can't speak to how the other guys are going to try to 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 address that big gap, um, and if they can or if they want to. But uh, um, I, I certainly people can count on us uh, to be focused on those kinds of issues. Uh, uh, and you're uh, in the headlights last night, and of course you will be right through. There's no question that, uh, and no surprise there, I don't think, but the focus is mm-hmm. the Notley-Singh-Trudeau <laughs> alliance. You're tied to just uh, Jagmeet Singh, who's then tied to Justin Trudeau, and that is the root of all evil. Um, <laughs> is there some truth to that, and is that something that you need to be aware of? heading into this campaign and countering that narrative? Well, listen, you know, I'd I'd say two things about it. I mean, I think it is a bit of a tired old trope that they're dragging out in order to distract from the fact that their own record here in the province of Alberta, which is actually the job they're running to to do um, uh, is so poor um, on the issues that Albertans really care about. But I will also say this: um, I have a strong record of standing up for Alberta, and I will always stand up for Alberta. That is uh, what I've been running to do, and that's what I think I did when I was premier. I mean, we're uh, less than a year away from having the first pipeline to Tidewater in over 50 years built. And that was done as a result of me standing up for Alberta against sometimes people in my own party because my job is to be there for Albertans. And that was how it was then and that's not going to change. But really, that whole narrative, thats it's just political gamesmanship. And I think Albertans are getting a bit tired of it. And what they really want is to hear how these folks are going to reverse the damage that's being done uh, to health care, to the cost of living um, in a way that's really impacting people's lives. Um, Danielle Smith will be sworn in next week. She will take over a majority government if it remains together and she gets the support of her caucus. She can basically do what she wants. As leader of the opposition, you're obviously saying today that you're you're concerned about what the next six months could look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have the legislative weight to stop anything, but what do you do? I mean, it is your job. You're the leader of the opposition. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, I mean, if she plans to go ahead with some of the issues she's been talking about, I mean, the Sovereignty Act, for instance, we will we will fight and and and, and debate it uh, as long as they, they give us the opportunity to do it, because it's such a bad idea for Alberta. It will bring such economic uncertainty and chaos into our province at a time when we are just barely starting to get back on our feet. Let's not forget, Albertans are experiencing the slowest wage growth in the country right now. So so we are not in a position to to jeopardize our economic growth and to jeopardize um, investor confidence. Yet, that's what her sovereignty uh, stuff would do. So um, we will fight that as, uh, in any way that we can, and we'll, we'll certainly urge Albertans to reach out directly uh, to pressure them to, to not move forward with these kinds of uh, wacky ideas. Um, and, um, you know... Uh, that, that's what you do when you're in opposition, and, and um, sometimes we, we can be successful, and hopefully we will be here. I would argue this as well, that uh, until she goes to the general public, she does not have a mandate for these ideas. She suggests that this you know 1% vote gives her the mandate. She is wrong, and uh, she shouldn't move forward on any of her, her really extreme ideas with respect to health care and the Sovereignty Act um, until she has um, tested them with the general public throughout this province. Well, two things there. First of all, um, of course, technically you are correct. Um, 
the, the general elections coming up in May. Prior to that, she hasn't won an election, period. She doesn't have a seat in the legislature. And you've been very vocal over the past few days, outright mm-hmm. challenging her to run in Calgary Elbow. Already, at least one MLA has stepped down from their seat in rural Alberta this morning. Brooks Medicine Hat mm-hmm. saying, Daniel, come run here. Um, mm-hmm. How important is it for you that she run in that vacant seat in Calgary Elbow or somewhere ASAP? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think, you know, she she should run because obviously if she's going to bring some of these these really extreme ideas uh, in, uh, to Alberta, she needs to be in the legislature to be held accountable for them. Um, if she ends up running in Brooks Medicine Hat, listen, uh, we've got a fabulous candidate there, uh, uh, Gwendolyn Dirk. We were just out there last week. We had our most successful fundraiser ever in the history of the Medicine Hat ridings, even when we held them. Um, she's a, a longtime teacher and, and college instructor and community volunteer from the area. But the other thing I will say is if uh, Smith chooses to run in Brooks Medicine Hat, that does not let her off the hook uh, in terms of calling a by-election in Calgary Elbow. That seat has been absolutely vacant for over a month now, and it is uh, quite shocking that the government is not moving ahead to call the by-election. And I don't care if they're scared about whether they could win it or not. I mean, it's been a strong UCP seat for, for most of its time. But even if they are scared about not being able to win it, they have an obligation to give folks in Calgary a voice, especially on the verge of, of, uh, of doing so many uh, dramatic and, I would argue, um, uh, contrary to to the prime, you know, such a shift in, in uh, policy. If they intend to bring that forward, they must give people a voice. Um, Ms. Notley, thank you so much for your time. As always, I appreciate you joining us. Well, thank you. Uh, have a have a great uh, weekend. And you too. Thanks, happy Thanksgiving to all your listeners. Thank you very much. That is Rachel Notley, official opposition leader, leader of the NDP, of course, in our province, and she will be opponent, the chief opponent of Danielle Smith when we uh, go to the polls next May. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.